Welcome to She Can and She Will. I'm Marianne, also known as the Country Mompreneur, and I'm joined by my co-host, Deesa McAllister. We are moms, work-from-home experts, and we love helping women take control of their lives and see all the possibilities. On this show, you will learn from us as well as other women who kick butt in their lives and want to help you do the same. So sit back and get ready for some fun. Well, welcome back to She Can and She Will. We're being joined today by Michelle Steiner, disability writer, advocate, paraeducator, all the things. Michelle, we're very interested in learning about your journey today. First, start with telling us a little bit about what your disabilities actually are. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, too. Um, well, my name is Michelle Steiner. I have a learning disability. So I have um, difficulty with, I have dyscalculia, so that's difficulty uh, with math. Anything number-related number isn't my friend. Yeah. I also have uh, limited hand dexterity in both of my hands, so that affects um, my fine motor skills with being able to unlock doors, open things, close them. And I also have visual perception. Uh, issues with my eye-hand coordination, but that's not in my eyes. That's in my brain. So it can make uh, coordinating my body difficult, and I'm not able to drive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, could, uh, I'm just thinking, like, if you were doing math, uh, do all three things kind of affect you at the same time with the... Yes, there are some things that we have started to see that a, a lot of that does um, has one effect with, with the other. For example, um, with having, if I'm in gym class, trying to coordinate my body, it's more than just, okay, my eyes will blink if I get an object that, that comes into contact with them a lot, lot easier. And then trying to figure out, oh, where my body is in space. Do I go to the left? Do I go to the right? And uh, counting out like beats of, of where I need to go, like how um, how many seconds you might need to, to uh, take for something. So if you're playing a sport, that that does that. Driving is another great example of that. Um, <laughs> sometimes I wonder, is it more the visual perception or is it more <laughs> the calculia or that all together thing? Because uh, somebody will say, go right. And, well, I'll, I'll think, I have to think for a second and trying to coordinate the, the pedals and the, uh, the steering wheel and, uh, a lot of that together. And then watch out for everybody else on the road. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously you weren't doing math when you were a little, little kid, two or three years old. So when were you diagnosed? Like they couldn't have known that, but when, when were they able to diagnose you? I was diagnosed when I was in kindergarten, and they did notice in preschool that I was starting to have some difficulties, but they don't, they didn't know as much as we do now. So my parents sent me off to kindergarten. I was their first child, and it was a struggle socially, and it was academically as well. Um, I think that they could see a lot of my frustration. Uh, it was pretty evident. I can remember I would do a dot to dot worksheet and I thought, Oh, I did a great job on this. And I got it back and it wasn't done correctly. And it just, it was really hard for me from the beginning. Well, what's the process of getting diagnosed? Like I remember uh, very little in my life before that, but I can remember the way it worked out was my teacher noticed there was a problem. Uh, she, with me learning, she uh, had my parents, she, she told them about it. They consented to getting me tested at school. 
I don't remember very much. I don't even really remember getting tested, but I do remember afterwards uh, my my parents saying that uh, you have a learning disability, you learn differently. You're going to have to repeat kindergarten in a different school. <laughs> so that was uh, that was hard for for that young age to be able to uh, wrap that around my head. Yeah, yeah. Thinking thinking differently, I think when you find out that you do think differently than the majority mm-hmm. is always a little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, during a, like a, a day-to-day operations, how does that, that affect your life? Well, I'm day? not able to drive. So I, I live in a central location and uh, my husband is great for taking me places too. He uh, takes me to work during the day. So that helps out. Uh, things such as uh, if I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking, I have to use an electric can opener and we have a bottle opener because doing an analog, uh, you know, or a regular one, um, can opener, just a manual one doesn't really work for me very well with a lot of that. And my husband actually likes the bottle opener too. <laughs> He's like, hey, this is really neat. <laughs> so those things can be hard. Uh, it can be hard for me just with the executive functioning to, okay, I got to leave at this time and be there. I'm usually time blind and running out of the house. That that can be something that, that can be difficult for me. It can also be really hard for me uh, at my job if I have a new task to learn how to do. Uh, if I need to just see ex- some extra processing time. Luckily, I have a really great employer that understands uh, what, what learning disabilities are, because I, I work as a paraeducator, so we have a lot of students that have them. So my staff kind of understands that, and they all know, <laughs> do not ask me for help on math. <laughs> I, I can't do that, and luckily a lot of the people I work with are really good at that, so I take care of more of the reading and the English and just other uh, tasks that, that, that need done. So you mentioned that you're a paraeducator. You're using your disability as a springboard to really make an impact. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing as a writer and a paralegal or a paraeducator? Sure. One of the things that I love to do with my with both my jobs is I get that chance to go and help and make a difference for someone else that has a disability. If I'm at my uh, work at, at school, I get that chance. It's so rewarding to go back there and, and just to be able to make a difference in the lives of those students. Uh, sometimes it's like hearing a recording of myself. I worked with seventh graders last year. I hate my learning disability. I wish I didn't have an individual education plan. And, and I get that chance to tell them, well, it's not a bad thing to have a disability. And it's not even a bad. And here's why we have our individual education plan. And I even get to sh- I. Uh, help them out with their spelling words or retest to them. And that's something that somebody helped me with a long time ago. And it's just a blessing to be able to get back. But I also understand what they're thinking. And I, I get to show them the skills that someone I wish I would have, some things I would I would have had when I was younger. Uh, for example, advocacy is a really big one. I can remember we had a student in the beginning of the year that was really struggling in her class, and she was scared to ask her her regular ed teacher for help. And this teacher is wonderful. He would come in during his plan periods, help out. Uh, We have a lot of great people we work with. But she was afraid. So I said, well, just go and ask him. And I said, here, I'll go with you. I said, here's how we ask. And we go over. 
how to advocate for ourselves. Uh, as my job, when I, I have my own blog called Michelle's Mission, so what I do is I write a lot of articles about life with a learning disability, and I put elements of na- metaphors with nature and that to just kind of uh, explain what, what a learning disability is, because a lot of people uh, have a lot of misconceptions towards that. And I also put on my photography, uh, one of the things that I'm able to do with my disability is I can uh, bring out details in a flower that a lot of other people will miss. So uh, if uh, we're in the car, I'll, sh- um, I'll be with my husband. I'll say, honey, did you see that uh, that flower? And he's like, no, I'm paying attention to the road. And when if I don't have a ride or if I'm out on a walk, I get a chance to go back there and take that picture. And if I was in the driver's seat, that's something that I would miss. That's, oh, that's true. So it sounds like you're doing wonderful with the the students. I'm sure the parents are uh, equally as appreciative to um, have some help with the advocation um, of their kids. That can be so mind blowing for a lot of parents. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so where can people go to learn more about you and read your blog and all of this? I am, I'm on Michelle's mission, uh, dot org or yeah, I just started another blog. So yeah, I, you can find me at Michelle's mission and I can put the, I can give you the link for that. We'll add that in the show notes for everyone. Um, and then, uh, one final question we like to ask is, uh, what is one tip you would give people to inspire them today to get motivated on whatever journey they're on? What I would, one tip I would tell people to do is to know what they want to do and to just be able to go out there and keep finding a way to be able to do that. Awesome. With Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. She Can and She Will is a Country Mompreneur production. Audio mix by Marianne. Research by Disa McAllister. To learn more about this and other Country Mompreneur productions, visit thecountrymompreneur.com. <laughs>